0: And welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each week we get together, we talk about the news of the week, and the events of our sometimes bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and yes, I believe, unique fashion. And as always, the uh, first thing we do is we welcome Leah Brandon. How are you this weekend, Leah?
1: Well, I'm doing okay. I tell you, this has been a very rough week, news-wise. I feel like I've had every—I've just been beat up this week.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we feel that a, a lot these days, and yes, it's you're true. right, we, we are loaded tonight. Uh, over the next three hours, this is a real live radio show. We are live, where we are not selling you anything. No. This is about news and opinion. It's not the usual weekend crap. We're heard on 16 stations throughout the nation, including in New York and in Los Angeles, where Leah and I met back in 2004 at KFI in Los Angeles. Our flagship is KRLA in Los Angeles. Very proud about how this show has grown in less than a year. You can find out all about it at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting. That's www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And as you've already alluded to, we have a ton of stuff to get to uh, of very different uh, types of topics. And as you know, uh, Leah, this being a Sunday night show, often we talk about sports. This is yes. a big uh, a big weekend, obviously, is the first week of the NFL football season. Uh, there's a Sunday night game going on right now. There's actually a U.S. Open tennis final going on right now, which uh, we'll keep you updated on. But something happened in football uh, this weekend that was not on the pro level and it was not on the college level that I actually think was the most significant thing that happened in sports this week. And I want to get your take on it okay and uh, you know i i have a quirky perspective on things uh, as is usually the case and i'm always looking in sports for situations that that create windows into our society yeah and, and how things are basically going to hell in a handbasket <laughs> uh, and one of the the areas that we focus on in this program is the wussification of our nation's youth oh sure and it's getting bad And it's impacting football in a huge way. Uh, And this, what I want to talk about here is much bigger than just the future of football. That's pretty significant considering the fact that football is by far the most popular viewer sport in America today. Here's what I'm referring to. I don't know if you heard about this, but in western Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh, where we're on, uh, the Salem Station in Pittsburgh, there was a high school football game where one team scored 90 points, 90 points, a quarterback starting his first game ever through 10 touchdown passes and may have broken the national record for most yards passing with over 700 yards. Wow. Now, all that is absurd on its face and shows where football is headed. But I haven't given you the kicker yet, Leah. All right. That team scored 90 points. Yeah. They lost. What do you mean? What, the other team score 100? The other team scored 107 points. (laughs) There was a game in western Pennsylvania. This is not Vermont. Okay? Okay. This is this is not New Mexico, not some wussy place where they don't know how to play football, where they've only got twenty-two kids on a team or something. Everybody get tired. No, this is real
1: football. One hundred. They have Tom Brady and Eli Manning. Well, no, but
0: actually, <laughs> actually, interestingly, one team, you know, first start ever, as I said, ten touchdown passes, seven hundred plus yards. The other team never threw the ball at all. They rushed for over one. 1000 yards in one game. Now okay, why that's insanity. No it's beyond it's you know it's just flat out ridiculous. Now here's <laughs> here's why it's significant and not just ridiculous is ridiculous as Charles Barkley would say. Uh this is why it's significant. There, that's not just wide open play. That's not just a freaky game. You know when you play thousands of high school games weird things are going to happen in one game. No 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 no. This is two things. One, it's where football is headed in this video game era. By the way, the star running back of the team that won actually alluded to it was like playing in a video game. That's what this is to these kids now. It's a video game. But here's the more important part. The only way you get 107 to 90, and this is not an exaggeration, it's not hyperbole, is if both teams had defenses that were afraid to tackle. That's true. Not just can't tackle, afraid to tackle. Correct. They're so wussified, they don't even want to tackle. I, I haven't seen or seen highlights from it. I haven't seen the whole game. My guess is the only time anybody ever got stopped was when they were pushed out of bounds like wussy boys. I mean, because that's the only way the clock would stop. There's no Otherwise, you would never have time to get to 107 to 90. So this is important for two reasons. One— Folks, this is the future of football. This is where football is going. Football is going to be basketball. All right? They're going to put f- flags on them soon because we got a nation of wussies. That second part is far more important. We have a nation of complete wussy boys. If even in western Pennsylvania this is happening, look out because it's over. It is over. High school football is as close to a military experience as most of our boys are ever going to get in this day and age. And even now, that doesn't count. So we are, you know, especially in this week where we, we pretend to remember 9/11, which we'll talk about in hour number two of this program. Uh, I think it's important to point out we got a major, major problem with the wussification of this culture, huge. And in, in the worst part of the whole thing, Leah. So, so what? So this game happens, right? 107 to 90. And what was the reaction? They got more media coverage than if they had won four straight state championships they were yeah. on sports center they were on every major newscast this is the greatest thing that ever happened to the kids in this game so is this going to foster more of this or, of course or less obviously more as someone responded to me on twitter when i tweeted about this uh, they, they wondered whether or not every kid playing in the game got a participation trophy they probably <laughs> did I mean that that's the world we're now living in folks.
1: But you know and no it, one in that game got a concussion and that's well, what it's all about. Well
0: sadly, you're right Leah. You know what? Everybody went home happy because nobody got a concussion. Everybody got to score a touchdown. Everybody you know was no one got bored because there was 28 touchdowns. In, action 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 action. There was literally one touchdown every 1 minute and 48 seconds. <laughs> A touchdown every minute in 48. There used to be a thing called the two-minute drill where it was amazing if you could score one touchdown in two minutes. And now one minute and 48 seconds for the entire
1: game. Oh yeah, uh, we, I can we... see this. I think you're right. It is just going to creep up. You think it'll it's creep up into the college no, level? I, absolutely, because they're
0: not getting paid. It's a cancer. If you're going to get a concussion, I mean, you should get paid. It's a cancer. That will spread throughout. Now, it will take a long time to get to the NFL level because they're getting, as you said, they're getting paid a lot of money. And you're always going to be able to find the gladiators uh, at that level. But even there, they're getting wussified. But I'm telling you, if this is already in western Pennsylvania, not, you know, look, it's over. Stick a fork on us, folks. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll uh, do our weekly look at the race for the White House 2016 on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co host is Leah Brandon. And at least once each week in our three hour excursion through the news of the week, we take a look at the race to the White House 2016. We usually start with the GOP side, which recently has meant what's up with Donald Trump this week? <laughs> so, Leah, why don't you answer that question for us?
1: okay uh yes it is what's up with donald trump now, this week he turned up the criticism a lot on his fellow gop peers, but some of them actually attacked him first that started in an interview with rolling stone he said about carly fiorina look at that face why would anyone vote for that imagine that's the face of our next president carly though took it all in stride when i was in third grade there was a little boy that really liked me and he said mean things about me and you know, hold my pigtails all the time.
2: And my husband and I have been together for over 30 years, but I think I know when someone's flirting with me.
1: Trump said, though, he wasn't actually talking about her face when he said her face.
2: Probably I did say something like that about Carl. I'm talking about persona. I'm not talking about look. Although when I get criticized for my hair, which isn't that bad, you know, you've seen me, right? It's not that bad. But when I get criticized constantly by my hair, nobody does a story about, oh, isn't that terrible? They criticize Donald Trump's hair.
1: Okay, so (laughs) Dr. Ben Carson. Wait a minute.
0: Is this the presidential race we're talking about? (laughs) <laughs> is this a report on the presidential race? It is. Okay, I just want to make clear. we're All right, I'm glad we got that straight. Go
1: ahead. It is. It is. Now, Dr. Ben Carson, for some reason, jumped into the criticism this week. He jumped in. He accused Donald Trump of not being a man of faith, and then he quoted a verse about humility. Now, Trump also uh, fired back.
2: Why would he attack my faith? I thought that was a terrible thing. I don't attack people's faith when I don't know somebody. And I wouldn't attack it anyway. So I thought it was very inappropriate that he did that. And I thought it was nasty. So I let people know how I feel.
1: Okay, now, he also said that Dr. Ben Carson was an okay doctor. (laughs) He's a world-famous neurosurgeon. Now, Bobby Jindal is the one that hit trump the hardest this week launching a major attack
2: the idea of the donald trump act is great
0: the reality of donald trump however is absurd he's non-serious he's a carnival act donald trump is shallow he has no understanding of
2: policy he is full of bluster he has no substance he lacks the intellectual
0: curiosity to even learn You can't argue policy with this guy.
1: He called him a narcissist, too. And amazingly, Trump kind of wimped out in his response to him, just uh, saying that he couldn't believe he attacked his hair. Now, Governor Rick Perry this week threw in the towel. Uh, He he dropped out of the campaign. He actually slammed Trump on the way out, saying that he's all rhetoric and no substance. And Trump responded back saying, ah, you know, I can't believe he said that. Uh, He was a nice guy. Now, this week, Trump even slammed someone who isn't even in the race but is rumored to be part of a group trying to take him out. He slammed Mitt Romney. I'm
2: disappointed in Mitt Romney. He's the one that's leading it, and he he was a failure, and I've said it to everybody. He failed. It was an election that should have been won. The veterans, and so this is a group headed up by him, and I guess maybe he wants to get back in. He'll never make it because he lost so badly. And, you know, this is pure (laughs) Romney trying to
0: get back in.
1: Okay, and finally, a new Quinnipiac poll puts Trump in the lead in (laughs) Iowa, (laughs)
0: Wow, Leah, it's going to take me a while to fully recover from that report. Um, It's everybody. We should send that to the Smithsonian, right? Uh, Because (laughs) right there, you have encapsulated in the last three minutes. Why we are going to hell in a handbasket in this country? <laughs> this, I mean, you, that's a pretty accurate analysis of the week that was. Uh, and, and granted, we're still far away, but we're starting to get to to you know some nitty gritty time here. This is starting right. to get serious. We got a second debate coming up this week. It's only a couple months away from real votes being cast in a huge field. We've got people already dropping out. Oops. And um and so and here we are. It literally sounds like a uh, you know a few between Taylor Swift and Mickey Minaj or something. I mean, that's what it's exactly or that, that you know Kim Kardashian stuff. This, this is absurd. This whole thing is absurd and um, and it's not stopping anytime soon. It's no. not uh, because Donald Trump is not going away. As a matter of fact, um, this week, Leah, my wife jumped on the Donald Trump bandwagon. I could not believe it. Um, you know, she's been flirting a little bit. She's always liked him, you know, but but she always thought he was funny, you know, because he's so Trumpy, and yeah. she she loves the ego, she loves the act. But now she she has reserved her place on the train to Trump Sanity, which of course might have a pit stop in Landslideville in the negative direction, um, because I uh, am not of the belief uh, that Donald Trump can win a general election against a legitimate candidate. Um, you know look is anything possible i guess anything is possible but one of the one of the 101 logical fallacies with the trump quote unquote argument from the insane trump supporters is that anything is possible we've tried it the other way we've tried it the safe way why don't we try it this way and my my reaction is You do realize you only get one shot every four years, right? And you do realize that most presidents get reelected, right? So for all intents and purposes, you really only get one shot every eight Eight years. years. And then you do realize that in eight years from now, a hell of a lot more of our people are going to be dead than their people who are becoming citizens in larger numbers every single day. So, so exactly what's the logic here? So we're going to roll the dice and say, sure, this is a winnable election. But you know what? This is just too fun to resist. Let's go for this. <laughs> my, my wife's on board. My, my, and, and, um, and I think you're, it sounds like you're
1: getting on board. Well, no, I was more on board last week than I am this week. Yeah, so what's giving you cause for pause? I tell you, the attack on Carly Fiorina... Yeah. was a, was really shook me up, yeah. and the fact that he wants the refugees to come here well, to America. Well, he changed
0: his mind on that. Cha- oh, of oh. course he changed <laughs> his mind. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. We'll talk about it on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. That music is especially appropriate, not only because we're on in Philadelphia, which is my hometown, but also because um, it might be the music most appropriate for this week's GOP presidential debate at the Reagan Library, where where everybody's going to be going after one guy, and that's going to be Donald Trump. And uh, Leah and I both agree that this is going to be a critical moment. In the history of Trump's sanity, Uh, if Trump is able to provide another blockbuster performance this week, I think he's probably in for good. This might be the last chance to get rid of him completely. I don't know how you do that. I really don't. I don't don't know that it's possible, but it's at least theoretical uh, possibility if uh, he were to collapse on... uh, And by the way, for him to collapse, he would basically have to you know, curl up into the fetal position and wimp out somehow. I mean, in some major way. If he lost his balls, that would be about the only way Trump would, I think, fade away, and that would be self-implosion. Attacks from the outside aren't hurting him uh, and and for for a lot of reasons, but one of them is because the people he's appealing to don't trust the people attacking him because they're perceived to be part of the GOP establishment, uh, which is hilarious because... For instance, one of them is Senator Rand Paul, who's as anti-establishment as you can get, but because he's a senator, I guess now he's perceived as he's establishment. He went after Trump as well from an interesting direction. Let's hear that. Most of his adult life, he's been a progressive Democrat. He has had a realization that he has a better chance in the Republican Party, so I believe he's pretending to be conservative. <laughs> well, he is, but here's what... I find most interesting about Rand Paul's statement. I truly believe, Leah, with, in my bones, that if Donald Trump had run as a Democrat and gotten the traction that he currently has on the GOP side, he would win the nomination Easily. 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 He would have he would have been the Democratic presidential nominee now landslide uh, because Hillary, <laughs> because Hillary oh my gosh on yeah. the Democratic side Hillary and, and Sanders would get crushed yeah uh, they, they would and, and and look he would have some demographic challenges and it, I don't know that it would be I don't know would it be maybe I'm overstating it how easy it would be but I really think he would win. I don't think he's going to be the Republican nominee, but it is possible, which I never, a month ago, I thought it was 0%. Now it's in the 10 to 15% possibility. But here are the delusions, Lee, and this to me is, I think, important because I have not jumped on the bandwagon yet, although I can see a scenario where I just say, screw it, let's do it, <laughs> um, and we're getting fairly close to that. But here are the delusions that are fueling Trump sanity, and this is important. I realize logic isn't working, but I'm going to at least try. I'm going to, try, I'm going to go down firing on, on on every gun I got, all right, as, as I lose this battle against Trump's sanity.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: here are the delusions, and because uh, I've spoken to a lot of people uh, in person, on Twitter, Facebook, and, and there are several things that people seem to believe that are not true that are leading them towards Trump. Number okay. one, I think you might even be in this category. Number one... People think that John McCain and Mitt Romney were the wrong candidates because they lost. That's not true. They were the right candidates. They just didn't win. Now, could they have both done things differently in the campaign? Yes. Absolutely. And I believe Romney wimping out in the second and third debates— is, is, a, ...is a huge part of what's driving Trump's sanity, because people know Trump ain't going to do that. But here's here's my analogy. The, the logic here, the lack thereof, is you're an underdog in a football game. And Republicans need to understand, they're an underdog in presidential elections, which is another delusion I don't think they fully get. If you're an underdog in a football game, and you play a decent but not great game, and you lose... It does not mean that if you played your third-string quarterback, you would have won, okay? We had no better option than Mitt Romney, for sure. And the only other option we had other than John McCain was Fred Thompson, and for some reason, he showed up asleep. So so Fred Thompson, I think, could have beaten Barack Obama um, if the things if breaks had gone his way. But by and large, McCain and Romney were not bad choices. We're just up against it in presidential elections. Now, the other part of this is the notion that the GOP leadership, the establishment in Washington, are all a bunch of cowards and whims and incompetents. Now, there's truth to that. And oh, they I, are, please. Hold on. <laughs> I get the frustration. I can also do basic math. They've got a president who has a, 90% of the media behind him which means they can't override any veto. They can't even get pressure on the Iran deal to force a flippin' vote. That's how much power this president has because the media is in the tank for him. They don't have veto-proof majorities. So it's far... John Boehner, and I know this is not a popular position. John Boehner has done an amazing job. No, oh my God. An amazing job hurting the cats in the GOP caucus. There is... Because of the Tea Party faction, there is not a legitimate GOP majority.
1: That's it, because he has alienated uh, them. Well,
0: you, Leah, he has dealt with an incredibly slim majority under extremely adverse circumstances and has held things together far better than anybody else would. All right, now a couple other delusions. The idea that Hillary will be easily defeated by any GOP candidate. Now, this is a delusion that um, I understand because she's weakening in the polls. People think the email scandal has killed her. It hasn't. She's still standing. No, I that's going to
1: blow over. I, it's too early. The I, email scandal should happen in March.
0: I agree with you on all that. So th- that's a delusion. In, in conjunction with that Hillary delusion is the notion that we are a conservative country, and that if we just run a hardcore conservative, that will get 51% of the vote. These are people who still think it's 1984. And don't understand that the people who were alive in 1984, millions of them are dead. And (laughs) that they've been replaced by people who are not Republican voters. All right? Right. We are not in that country anymore. No matter what Rush Limbaugh tells you, we are not living in a country where if you get a hardcore conservative, you're going to get 51% of the vote in a presidential election. It's not going to happen. And the final delusion is that Donald Trump, as much as I love how he takes on the media, all right? He's a gladiator. He's a gladiator against the media. He's Russell Crowe and, and, and gladiator. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Right, that, that, I am entertained. Right. right that, but guess what What happened to Russell Crowe at the end of the movie? When you're, oh, in, a, yeah. when you're in enough gladiator battles, eventually you're going to get killed. The media will have a year plus to kill Donald Trump. Right. He may take some heads with him. It will be spectacular to watch. It'll be fun as hell. But at the end of the day, his blood's going to be on the floor, and he's going to be dead. And we may gonna... be
1: immortal. And... We don't know. He may be immortal. Oh,
0: <laughs> I've lost. We I, don't know. I have so. Well, little... He
1: should have died why, how many times why?
0: before? I can't even convince my wife and my co-host. How? Why am I wasting no, my time I, on this? I'm not convinced. I could convinced. be doing better things on a Sunday night. This this is a public service. <laughs> oh. All right, when we come back, we got to take a look at the Democratic side um, of the race for the uh, White House 2016, and I need to uh, go take my blood pressure medication on The John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. She is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can check out all 16 of our stations that broadcast this program each and every Sunday evening, live throughout the country. By the way, of those 16 stations, eight eight are in the top 24 markets in the country. So we're doing pretty well for a show that's less than a year. Yeah, that's pretty good for less than a year. Um, We, each week, take a look at the race for the White House 2016. We've already done the Republican side, basically Donald Trump. Uh, In this segment, we'll focus on the Democrats. And, Leah, uh, much of the focus this week, uh, other than on the normal machinations of the uh, Hillary Clinton email scandal, dealt with a candidate who's not even a candidate yet, Joe Biden. (laughs) That's right.
1: Yeah, uh, this was the first week of the Stephen Colbert late-night show, and among his guests... VP Joe Biden, the interview was very emotional for Biden, but some have seen this as a clear endorsement to run for president as Colbert had nothing but praise for him. Thank you for being here. Everybody likes Joe Biden, right? Isn't that right?
2: I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I think that is. I think it's because... When we see you, we think that we're actually seeing the real Joe Biden. You're not a politician who's created some sort of facade to get something out of us or triangulate your political position or emotional state to try to make us feel a certain way. We see the real you. How did you maintain your soul in a city that is so filled with people who are trying to lie to us in subtle ways? (laughs) I commuted every day for 36 years.
1: (laughs) Now, uh, Biden ended up choking up through most of the interview because he talked about his son who has passed, but uh, he did not say that he was ready to run. Uh, In fact, he said the opposite, that he has to be 110% uh, heart and soul and mind, and that he's not there yet.
0: All right. Now, I watched the program, although I watched it for different reasons than you might think. Did you happen to see the show itself, or did you just...
1: I did not see that show. Okay.
0: The reason why I watched it was because Colbert opened the show with um, some special guests to honor the fact that it was the first night of NFL football season. And one of the special guests he had was my buddy Franco Harris. (laughs) Oh, was it really? (laughs) And the funniest part of that is not only was Franco one of the guests, Franco was like the star guest because he had Franco recreate... His immaculate reception from 1972, um, you know, as part of a gag. Which is the whole thing. You know, I've gotten to know Franco because of my battle for justice in the Penn State case for the last three years. We've been in a foxhole together. We have a bizarre but you know, fascinating relationship. And um, and what's amazing about the whole immaculate reception deal is that this is something that happened not only way back in 1972. People forget. It didn't happen in the Super Bowl. It didn't happen in a conference championship game. It happened in a divisional playoff game. And it's still being recreated on late night television in 2015.
1: It just it's, had that impact. It's well
0: it's just it's bizarre. But Frank but but it's absolutely influenced Franco's life because you know I always joke. I'm the pessimist of the relationship because I've lived my life, and he's the optimist of the relationship because he caught the immaculate reception. That's right. <laughs> of course he's going to be optimistic when that happens to you. All right, but anyway, so so I stuck around for the Biden interview, and you had said previously that you did not think he was running. because nice. And I, I have to tell you, Leah, I got that sense as well. Yeah. Um, it, because it didn't fe- – see, when when you first described – What he had said on a conference call, which was very similar to what he said to Colbert, which is I'm not sure I'm 100 percent in yet. I thought that was consistent with somebody saying, come on, get me to run. You know, tell me how much you love me. Right. Tell me how much you love me. Playing hard to get. He's a basket case. It didn't feel it did not feel like this was a ploy to to get people to show how much they love Joe Biden, although Stephen Colbert. Wow. wow! Oh my wow. gosh! It he was,
1: loves Joe Biden. It was
0: unbe- I, Let me tell you, Monica Lewinsky never did for Bill Clinton what <laughs> Stephen Colbert tried to do for Joe Biden the other night. I mean, that was that was that was unbelievable. Um, but anyway, I digress. So so back to Biden. My my sense was he was not acting, saying, "Please convince me to run," because he would have had that opportunity with Colbert, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, for Co- sure. Colbert was ready to jump on that in a in a heartbeat. And one of the, the most telling moment was when he talked about um, breaking down when someone referenced his son at Correct. a public event. Yes, and it was subtle; it wasn't dramatic. But I, I'm, picking, I'm guessing that you picked up on it. He, he basically says you can't do that. And it's clear that something happened to him where he lost the confidence that he could go through the crucible of a year-long campaign plus in his emotional state. Is that, what, was that? Are you agreeing with that?
1: Yeah, look, he is a grieving father. You cannot reconcile that with running for president. Yeah, but he's got such a golden opportunity. Okay, I mean, he, he, he. I he, think there's Leah, no way he Leah, can do this. Leah,
0: I, I think he would be as, as as insane as it sounds. I if if I had a choice now, granted, Trump changes everything, right? But it, let's pretend. That the, the candidates were, you know, the, let's pretend we return to the rational world for five minutes, right? And the actual qualified candidates are the ones who have a chance in the GOP nomination. People like oh. Marco, and, and I know this is a fantasy at this point. I don't know
1: if I could reach that far. All right,
0: all right. Let, I know this is a fantasy. But let's pretend that the qualified people like Rubio and Walker, remember him, and even though I don't I don't want him to be, you know, Jeb is at least qualified. Uh, look, he's at least qualified. Let's pretend that that was the group we were picking from. I swear to you at this point, at this moment, you I, take I you would, take Biden over them. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. I would rather run against Hillary than Biden. And I think the Colbert interview shows it. I mean, they are going to completely re if Joe ran, he would be Saint Joe and yeah. they would completely remake him. They would scrub this past away. He'd be the <laughs> grieving father. Everyone loves Joe. He's the everyman Joe. Uh, you know, commutes back to Delaware for thirty-six years. Uh, he's honest. Uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna completely remake his narrative. And the reason why he would scare me more than Hillary is people don't like Hillary. They like Joe as and, and Obama. And, and they they as much as much as joe is weird creepy i mean very I mean, creepy uh, uh, off the charts stupid uh, unreliable uh, a plagiarist stand up chuck a racist uh, you know all these things you could paint him as the media will pretend True. that those don't think those things don't happen he does have a likable quality and obviously being a grieving father helps that. So I, I would be far more afraid, as, as insane as it sounds, of running against Joe Biden right now than a wounded Hillary. Um, but that being said, it's really hard for me to believe that Joe Biden, as much of a nut and as delusional as he is, is going to pass up this opportunity. He may actually have a tougher time winning a Democratic nomination than he would a general election, because... I do think that there would be a lot of hesitancy on the Democratic side to have Hillary be denied twice. for have, have it be taken away from her twice I think would be really difficult unless there was an indictment or Barack Obama said publicly— You're my guy. Now, that leads me to one other really interesting and important point. And I I was speaking to my my good friend, Congressman John Yarmuth from Louisville, where we're on my old station on WHAS in Louisville, about this. And he he, he found this fascinating because he hadn't thought about this. There's a huge advantage that the Democrats have. There's many, but one that's never talked about. The Democrats have over Republicans is that Democrats have several people, Barack Obama most prominent among them, who, if all hell broke loose on their side, they could put the pieces back together and say to their people, Whoa, stop it. This is not what we're going to do. Like, for instance, if Bernie Sanders wins Iowa and New oh, Hampshire, good gosh. right, right. if that happens, Obama can come out and go, Whoa, 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 uh-uh. whoa, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And Democrats will fall in line. Yes, they will. We have nobody like that. Mitt Romney thinks he's that guy. Which we heard Trump referring to that earlier in this hour, you know, that Romney wants to take out Trump, which, you know, I wish Romney had that ability. Romney's the only one that's even close to having that ability, but he does not have anywhere near the cachet on the Republican side that Obama would have on the Democratic side. We have no elders that anybody trusts. That's they're, right. And, and, and the people who, who are trusted, like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and and Coulter and Michael Savage and Mark Levin... and They're in it for themselves. And Sarah Palin, they're all on the Trump sanity train because they're in it for themselves. So the, that's why we're screwed. Because our elders, the people that our people trust aren't actually trustworthy. That's or, correct. Or or they're not <laughs> trusted by enough people. Like, for instance, I would trust Romney. If Romney told me, uh, you know, emphatically and with good reason, who the nominee ought to be, that would have influence on me. But I'm clearly in the minority here.
1: Clearly. Yeah, so, I wouldn't trust him now. Really? No. Oh. Mm-mm. Even you. Even yeah. you.
0: We've lost yeah. even you, Leah Brandon. Yeah. And I was a Romney supporter. but I no. know. You like him. Yeah. Oh, my. See, but that's the, you're proving he,
1: he went wimpy. I'm sorry. You're, he
0: you're, just went wimpy on me. You're proving my point, though. And the point is that if this goes to hell and we go to a broker convention, which I think is increasingly likely, there's nobody we can turn to. No wise man that's going to put the pieces back together. It doesn't exist, which is a recipe for a perfect storm of disaster. Which is what I feared from moment one when this Trump when this Trump sanity thing began. This was my greatest fear, but I was wrong. I underestimated it. All right, when we come back, this week was the anniversary of 9/11. And uh, boy, oh boy, have we failed in teaching our nation's youth about what happened that day. And we're going to have a special guest to talk about that and a whole lot more, how you can help those who have served the military after 9-11. On the John and Leah Show, coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.